with artists created and produced by Detlef Schlick, a visual artist and ritual designer, living and loving in West Cork, and best known for his essay about the cause and effect of shamanism, art and digital culture. Working in the field of performance, photography, painting, sound, installations, and film he will dive and discover with us and a weekly creative guest into the unknown and exciting deep ocean of the creative mind. This is Detlef Schlich and today we dive into the unexpected and exciting deep ocean of the creative mind with David Bickley. David is a, a, a multimedia musician, artist, filmmaker. Uh, we had in the first two parts a nice chat about his, his coming out uh, uh, in England and his work as well in in uh, in Dublin. Uh, hi, David, first of all. Hi. Uh, we, we finished the second part with a uh, with a chat about uh, somehow the lockdown and how 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 it changed uh, 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 the artists in general and and the, the the creative mind and how how we're gonna cope somehow as well with 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 this uh, this changing this wild change this forced change actually and what can we do in order to to uh, to keep us keep us healthy and, and, and well going and still creative. And um, it was quite interesting what David mentioned already in the second part. So I really appreciate that because I mean, I wrote my thesis about shamanism, art and digital culture. So, so the cause of cause and effect about actually, or actually um, um, how, how can we re-spiritualize society? I mean, I mean, in, in order to, to, to keep the, the sanity going and, and 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 not just just the 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 believing in the government and 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 and, and what 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 they're telling us so yes great well, great to yeah. have you here for that well i think i think yeah all, all kind of economically hard times certainly learn about physically hard times lead to um, a more more greater spiritual awareness that happened in the 80s didn't it this the whole kind of uh, burgeoning spiritual movement of the late 80s came out of austerity of the early 80s of the the unemployment really that's interesting when you say yeah so so, so let's say the neoliberalism and and, well, and the rise of of margaret thatcher and ronald reagan isn't it well i, I think it was it's created during those times of austerity the the seeds of it probably by probably not by the people who are going to make any money out of it when it's you know the economic times re-emerge and people re-emerge with this great sense of spirituality and they start to invest in the products of that that those kind of art fields so it's, it's like everything else like all the pioneers you know so the people that are now developing new things out of this they'll just be spreading seeds for the people that are going to make a bloody fortune out of it in another 10 years time yeah. 
Yeah, also yeah, ja, ja. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I must say that that is actually that what happened to me in the 90s. I was in the 90s against computers due to social political reasons, you know. And then I was reading the Rolling Stone and and I, I realized, come on, all that hippies from California, they use all computers, you know. And if you're not going to doing that, if you're not jumping on 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 this train, you you, you become a, a, a computer dyslectic in the 21st century, you know. So well, yeah, that's what. But that what happened there it was to do with Silicon Valley and that the um, exactly before before the kind of the 60s revolution of the hippies, yeah, the people that were working in technology um, were very straight people, you know. Uh, well, the people that were very kind of mathematical and intelligent at school, they went into kind of, you know, into banking, finance, technology, computer armaments, stuff like that. And it was the uh, the hippies were now hippies and they're also nerds <laughs> and they were able to build yeah. these computers. Yeah. So, yeah, all the all that early stuff in Silicon Valley, they were all spaced out hippies making, you know, the, the Macs, really, probably just the Macs, really, and the Ataris. <laughs> Anyway. What, what, what? Yeah, yeah, no, sure, yeah, 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 and I mean, I'm, I must say, I'm quite happy that that I that I eventually made it. That that I, because for me, as as a left-hander, and uh, also uh, a left-hander, um, Kitog, yeah, 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 yeah. You see, it helped me a lot to 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 give me structure. You know, I mean, because I use I used to write scripts for the German television in. Uh, uh, in, in 1998 up to 2003 or some five years and it helped me as well to 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 get my 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 handwritten stuff that I can read it you know so no. so it helped me a lot to 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 get get my to push my creativity somehow as well for a while you know right. well yeah I I mean Computer-wise, I never really had a problem with them. It's just that they didn't work very well. So when I was, I remember being, my mum was a teacher and she brought home a BBC micro computer and an Acorn, as they were called. And it was a little computer. And I said, wow, computer's brilliant. And I, you know, so here's the book, you know, how to use it. How to program how old a have green, you been there? how to program a green square. This is back in 1978. Yeah. So it was like, an Amiga probably. No, it was a BBC micro. Made by the BBC in, in collaboration right. with, uh, made by the Br British Broadcasting Corporation in collaboration with Acorn, who were a computer manufacturer. And uh, right. you know, I tried to program. You know, it was all it was all coding. I was going, I'm not doing this. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. it was only when, <coughs> in when I was in London, had the studio of my mate Simon, that we bought an Atari um, uh, ST24, which was. Um, uh, it was no, I can't remember, 1040. I can't remember what it was. Anyway, this Atari computer. But the thing about the Atari computer, which is the only computer that ever had this, it came with MIDI built in. The MIDI basically meant you could connect it to synthesize straight away. Yeah. No interface. Yeah. Plug it in. Yeah. And yeah. off we go. And uh, bought a program called Steinberg Pro 24, which was the that. original version of Cubase. And we, it was so simple. But the, and I realized much, much later. Why? Why was it so simple? <laughs> because it was in the the operating system was called GEM, G E M was invented by the people who went on to write the operating software for Mac. So there you go. 
So that's why it had this right. really, and it was Windows kind of icon based, and it was just drag and drop as opposed to PCs at the time. And PCs didn't get that, Windows until right. 90, um, 1990, 91. Before that, it was all MS DOS. Hello, let's do some programming. So, yeah. um, so that's why I got into computers, and we used it to control synthesizers. But my my kind of relationship with computers is love love hate, you know. And and at some point yeah, yeah, in the past, a few years ago, I I mean I I stopped using computers to make music. And I was yeah. even considering stopping making using computers to make films, uh, but that became far too far too expensive. But um, I, I bought a, a, a hard disk recorder, twenty four track hard disk recorder, and everything was recorded on that. Which made mean, meant instead of the reason was <clears throat> that when you're making music on a computer, you then spend all your time looking at the screen, and you're waiting for you you're actually just reading it. You're waiting for this next bit of the waveform to come up so you can do your bit so you're not actually listening yeah. to it you know so i've kind of changed my whole approach uh, several times and i have now during the lockdown so i i basically sold all my synthesizers and bought, bought a load of um, really mental effects pedals so i could process um organic sounds like guitars right. and, and whistles and I, sound good. Yeah. I bought yeah. um no i played clarinet but i also yeah. I also bought myself a Daduk, you know, which is like an Armenian oboe. Wow, so I've been doing great. lots of stuff. How, how does it sound? How does well, it sound? It's going to sound terrible because it's the reed is not yeah. Yeah, just, open. So it, like, the reed's all closed up. Just, just give, so it probably won't even give, work. Give an they, idea. Well, I don't know if it'll sound good at all. And it's might be entirely embarrassing. So like, no. Um, <laughs> So it's not warm. Well, it's just you see the reed; it kind of closes up. It's a big fat reed. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah but yeah, these yeah, are traditionally yeah, made yeah, out yeah. of uh, apricot wood, and uh, so I ordered this. Off they, they, they're gonna do this, well, it, isn't it? They're very kind of you know. sounds very warm i love it but i put I this it. right so i've got a pickup now this pickup here yeah is, is for yeah. my clarinet so i play clarinet right my clarinet has a little okay. um a little hole in it in the, yeah. where you put in put this pickup in yeah and then i discovered and this pickup was bought and this clarinet was bought for me by the very great um fergus o'farrell from interference who died there three years ago I um, know, uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, I know, yeah. it's present. Yeah. He said, oh, Dave, yeah. I'm going to buy you a clarinet because my other clarinet got stolen. And uh, and he did, he bought it for me. So it's very, very precious to me, my clarinet. But I discovered that the hole on the back of the thumb hole on the back of the Daduke is exactly the yeah. same size as, as the hole on the clarinet. So I can plug this right. directly in, which means I okay. don't have to have a microphone, which means. Now you should, if you think that sounds good, right? Yeah. You should hear it through these effects here, and I could very quickly do that, I think, yeah. and record it onto this system here. No, I can't actually. Forget that. No, probably not. Too complicated. Not. Anyway, no. Yeah. Anyway, so I've got loads of effects. I play that through, and it sounds very okay. So, 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 so you have fun with that. So yeah, I kind of moved into kind of more acoustic mode. But then I did say I do need a synthesizer, <coughs> so yeah. I bought this mad yoke here, which I'll show you. 
two seconds. I just have to restart it and pick it up without its cables yeah. attached. Yeah. So I went online and I'm just looking for. I wanted something that'd be inspirational as a synthesizer because I, you know, I've been playing synthesizers since I was since 1975. You know what I mean? So yeah. Obviously, I know how to play, and every time I oh, go right. to a synth, I know exactly what to do to make this sound. So I wanted something to be unpredictable. So I ended up buying this, and it's called an organelle, and it's made okay. by a, a company called um, uh, Guitari and Critter in the States. And yeah. now the first thing about it, it's got wooden buttons, like a button accordion instead of keys. Very fancy, yeah. Which <laughs> is really nice, because when you play it, it's not like playing yeah. a keyboard, it's like playing another instrument. But yeah. it also is basically it has a little Raspberry Pi computer inside it, and you can just all right. download all these patches for it. And it just it's a sampler, it's a synthesizer, and it's the effects unit all in one. And it's bonkers, you know. It really cool, is. cool, cool, cool. So cool, I got cool, cool. that to create inspirational music. So I mean, you, I think, you must you must yeah. send me the link of of of, of, of the of organelle. So, yeah, yeah, crazy crazy yeah. machine. It's, yeah, it's it's really. I mean. Yeah, I mean, th and that's 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 the thing nowadays. What 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 they create, uh, it is so um, somehow challenging. I mean, I mean, it's it's dem dem democratized as well. Uh, um, making music again, isn't it? I mean, well, I mean, my, my synthes one of the synthesizers I sold was a was a modular synthesizer, and I bought that um, about 18, 18 years ago. And when I bought that, there were only three modular synthesizers you could buy one was to buy a vintage moog and spend hundreds of thousands of pounds one was was doofa which were kind of a bit cheap and nasty at the time well just the way they looked and the uh the other one was um was uh, analog systems from cornwall Like what you hear so far? Make sure you never miss a show by clicking the subscribe button now. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Thank you for your support. Now back to the show. And which were kind of expensive, and I'd just done this, a TV job and I was able to afford it. But when I bought that, that was it. You know, I was, wow, I had this modular synth. But now you can get you can get more modular modules for modular synths oh, now yeah. than you ever could, ever before yeah, yeah. and they're, they're yeah. all designed to sound mad and do mad unpredictable random yeah. things and this I mean, whole in, in, sorry i was going to say this yeah. whole interest in in generative music is kind of is what people have, have you know got into i mean and again enoch taking back to eno because he was he pioneered a lot of this generative stuff not just in music but but in art yeah. too um this idea of, of randomness you know i mean no, it wasn't really him. I'd say he, he may have made it popular. But it was John Cage who kind of and people like that who um, yeah. back in the 50s who started, yeah. you know. So basically, if, if it's like if you record, say you get um, you get three, three drones. So you create three drones on a synthesizer and yeah. you put them on three separate cassette tapes with three separate cassette tape machines. Yeah. And then you let them all play. You press one, leave a couple of minutes, press the other one, press the other one. Yeah. They'll all be playing out of sync with each other, you see, and but they but they're all in tune with each other, so they're in the same happy zone. But what they do is they'll create they'll create their own music, and it's never the same. And so you know, you know, actually took this. Go on, what do you yeah. want to say? I'm, I'm talking too much. Go on. No, no, it's great, it's great. But but that reminds me from the electric cool acid test. Is, is what I want to say. 
Oh, Ken Kesey. Yeah. The, the 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 loop in general, isn't it? I mean, that's so amazing, and and I think Brian e Brian Eno was inspired by that by that too. Well, it's not so, it's so. not just a loop because you know the loop will repeat itself accurately. It's the fact that things are um, there's a randomness introduced. But you know, I remember listening to when I was at school. I was into Tangerine Dream. My design teacher said, "Oh, you might be interested in this," and it was an album produced by a computer. You know. And I said, oh, yeah, yeah, very interested. I listened to it, and he was like, beep, boop, <laughs> And I was going, this is horrible. But yeah. now it probably still is horrible, that album. But it's just that it's, the, the algorithms that create this stuff are now much yeah. more complex. When was that? When was that? Jeez, 70s, they produced that kind of stuff. So so Computer I was wondering, that was, then, that was then the artificial intelligence in the 70s? Somehow, uh, so well, no, 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 no. There's always been random noise generators. Um, yeah, because I mean, the, you know, they, this stuff is in nature. You know, I mean that that is the point, really. You're trying to, you see, nature has a pattern. We know that because it has the Mandelbrot set. You know, the fractals yeah. are burnt yeah. right through nature, but it also has a randomness about nature. You know, so it's this combination of the two. There's an underlying pattern which is familiar. But the the way it's the arranged the arrangement is um, is random. So that's you know making music. Yeah, it's it's grand as long as it's in tune with itself and as long as it's kind we, of in the we, same we still, tempo. It it makes sense when it's random. We still have unpredictable moments. Yes, yes, yes. No, that's very interesting what you say because because it is it is uh, 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 this conversation comes very often up when when I have a chat with artists. You know, so so this 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 predictable unpredictable moments you know so so yes. so nature nature has has this uh, ge ge geometrical uh, patterns but then they are somehow unpredictable as well again because there's as well a, 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 a glitch like like even our 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 uh, uh, lockdown thing now you know which which is a, a, a natural catastrophe somehow uh And uh, uh, it's it's probably uh, we we will come maybe we will discover in in 100 years that it was as well just just a geometrical pattern you know so I don't know I mean it's just that's just philosophizing about it. But yeah, so I'm very interested in the whole idea of generative stuff, and that machine, the organelle, has a number of generative um, functions on it. So I've kind of I've used it also in in making films, and I particularly use it in music. So if I'm recording a piece of music. I would, you know, I'd, I'd say, right, I've got this sound, this is great, let's try it on this track, and I'd play it away, you know, and I would only do one take. I would never, I would never think, all oh, right, there were bits of that which were good. I would generally, you know, 90% of the time, stick with the one take, just go through and yeah. edit it, edit it. So take yeah. out all the yeah. stuff that sounds bad and just leave yeah. in the good stuff. And that was a tip that was given to me by uh, Harold Budd, who's the piano player that did all those albums with Eno. And yeah. he, he said to me when we met in Lanzarote, he said, it's very easy to make um, <laughs> to make good music. You just play a load of notes and then take out all the bad ones. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, I mean, you just keep playing and experimenting, jamming, basically, and then yeah. take out all the duff notes. You're left with all the good notes and it all sounds yeah. great. But a lot of that, you see, comes from, from my other discipline of making films and editing, you know, because I'm so used to editing um and you know being very kind of listening does that work or doesn't that work you see the thing about being an editor you've got to be 
detached from it but attached to it so you've got to be very into the vibe of what you're saying in terms of the content and the narrative and the feel of it but you've also got to be detached enough so you don't get hung up on oh i spent ages editing that bit so i'm going to leave it in even though don't tell me don't tell me no no i used to be like that so i would you know somebody i would be working with producers and they would say can you take that bit doesn't work? Can you take it out? And I, no, no, that bit's brilliant. I love that bit. And I stand by it. But now I would like consider and go, yeah, it's rubbish. Take it out. And, you know, when you reach that point, you have to be able to very quickly uh, decide what's good and what's bad. And I think that works in all art forms, you know. Uh, and also knowing you're not overcooking it, too. Knowing when it's finished. Yeah. Uh, yeah, when yeah. is it finished is the most important thing. Yeah. Uh. Yeah, sometimes. Yeah, sometimes yeah, you sound like somebody who overcooks something there. <sighs> that can happen too. I mean, yeah. I know that. I mean, <laughs> I, mean I did, I did, I did my 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 art degree of video installation, you know, and it was quite. I mean, it was what I did is I I used uh, Bohemian Rhapsody as a methodology um, uh, to to discover transhumanism. So what okay. I did is I, I I I used the whole song and 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 I really divided it in in, in pieces, analyzed well, it, and yeah, and used that's, that's it a remediation as, project, isn't it? Really, then? Yeah, yeah, no, you yeah yeah you told about that. So you you're gonna do you're working on your PhD or you already finished it? No, I, no. What happened was somebody mentioned there was this brilliant PhD course to digital arts and humanities. Yeah. So I thought, oh, I'd love to do that. So uh, I got accepted. And I went along and a bit, you know, freaked out because it was many years since I was at college. And I was teaching. I teach at colleges. So you're on the other end. So it's a bit weird. And um, it was expensive, obviously, to go to UCC. And I applied. They let me in while I was applying for grants. But I I didn't get the grants. And so I only did a year. And then I couldn't uh, do it. When was that? Four years what ago, was it? but I re- ah, decided okay. that the uh, the year was enough anyway. But do you know what? Yeah. After like about a month of it, I was like, my brain had just gone, and yeah, because the language uh, and and the the way people would and the people you were working sure. with, and meeting and the ideas. Yeah. Oh my god, it's fantastic! I'd love to have finished yeah. it. I just couldn't afford it. End of story. I know, but it's things like this that, that it's just inspiring to to work with. With people with the same mindset on a, on a, a philosoph- philosophical way, it's quite interesting and, and inspiring, well, isn't it? I, I, the only reason I did it was because I realised that I know I knew I, I've been working with lots of good people in terms of creativity, but the philosophy side of things. You see, when I when I I used to go to Cornwall was my other big area of kind of influence. I went to Cornwall a lot, and I, it's still my most favourite place in the entire universe. And right down the end, West Penwith, you know, and I, where all the artists went. But I've been going there since the 80s. And um, just, just I, don't know, I forgot what I was talking about now. We were talking about doing, uh, being influenced by stuff. Oh, yeah. The people I met down there were very philosophical, you know. They yeah. were, but they're very normal people. They were kind of like, they weren't intellectual people, but they were very philosophical. And I kind of missed yeah. that. I wasn't really meeting the people and discussing the same kind of philosophies, you know. The other no, person, no, no, like no, Fergus. No. O'Farrell was somebody who I used to talk yeah. a lot about stuff like that, and Colin Vernecombe, we very philosophical yeah. chat. But there wasn't a lot around really in my life anyway. So uh, that's why I did the that PhD was simply to immerse myself deliberately great, great, in that. Great, yeah. great, great, great. 
Great, David. I think we're already at, at the end of our our three and sessions. And we haven't talked about any of my art. And <laughs> we, we 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 weren't able to do that now. What a so shame. we 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 were somehow. We yeah, we yeah. we were somehow. That's it was great, and it was it was. I hope as well, um, quite inspiring for 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 listeners. I mean, if they if they go to your page, or uh, um, they. If you just tell me your website is... It's davidianbickley.com. But, I mean, if you just look there, it's it's all the kind of the nature-based stuff. You'll see all the kind of the art, the installations I do, and, and the, the film art that I make, you know? Yeah. So that's davidianbickley.com. As well, uh, David is on, on Instagram. That's uh, david underscore... Bickley underscore no David underscore Ian underscore Bickley. I don't know why I didn't put Bickley, dots in. Never mind. Yeah, uh, I mean, you will find that in my description anyway, as well as as I'm gonna make an uh, um, a visual YouTube uh, clip out of, of these three parts. Um, is there anything else what you want to add, David? No, no. It's just uh, I wanted to to speak about the kind of the well, the art, the films that I make, which is really what I do. So I, I make uh, uh, installations, which are very, uh, very spiritual, very spooky, and a lot to do with nature and based on landscape. Um, I've been making these for years and years now, and um, I'm still still working. I'm working on one at the moment with um, Hina Khan, who's a Pakistani lady who lives in Kinsale. So we're working on one All based right. on a salt marsh, and sh and um, that sounds yeah. very interesting. Well, that's based on her drawings that are based on aerial footage we took of the salt marsh, and then I'm working with an animator to animate her drawings of these. It's to do with borders and liminality and you know, homeland okay. and places. All, and all right, all of that threshold. No, I mean, I mean, I I had a look in that already, but I think this 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 would would uh, jump out of the frame now for today. But I would like to have then another chat with you sometimes again. Ah, about yeah, that, whenever you, you got know, a chance, so be I, deadly. I think I think I think that's better as well for the listeners because you know the the attention span is uh, quite quite restricted for about forty seconds. Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> well, no, that is the attention span. It's forty seconds. It always hasn't well, changed. Well, it depends. It has a bit. It has actually has changed probably about half that now. But that was uh, always what we were told when we were making any kind of clips, you know, by by the yeah. commercial people. I was told yeah. by the the commissioners, you know, forty seconds. That's what yeah. most people yeah. will give it. Give something before they give up on it. Yeah, I know. I know. Now I mean, it's probably I mean, now it's I mean, more like five seconds, I'd say. Yeah. No, probably. <laughs> I mean, uh, kind of breath. I mean, the podcasts they say uh, they say eighteen minutes, you know. So so I try as well to keep it normally because it's quite exhausting. It depends how interesting it is. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. No, so that's a great thing with 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 podcasts like this. Uh, you can you can you can stretch it if you want, uh, and, and yeah, it's just it's just over the thumb, you know, ish to to have a have a little idea where 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 I'm gonna go for editing one. So no, it's great. It was great, David. It was great, lovely, lovely chat, and yeah, and I hope uh, so. We might have you in the Attitude podcast next year again. I mean, this year is almost full with uh with um talk guests i have already two or three other people waiting for it um 
I must say, dear listener, thank you for 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 your your comments. Uh, I appreciate that. And if you have any questions, you can ask me as well. I can put it forwards as well to David if you want. And uh, I would say, yeah, thanks a lot. And uh, I hope to see you soon, David. See you soon, man. That's fantastic. Take care. Take it easy. Yeah. Take it easy. Bye. 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 This is a listener-supported show. I feel honored if you subscribe to the show. You can follow me non-financial with the following click on one of my Instagram accounts or subscribe the visual version of this podcast on YouTube via the link below. If you like what you hear, be sure to tune in this Sunday for the third part of this Attitude Audio Triptych. If you want to leave a donation for a coffee or a bus ticket, just follow the donation link via the Attitude Podcast account. Eventually, I would like to thank, through this medium, all my members and listeners of the I Love West Cork Artists Network from all over the world. Just to remember myself that without you, this year couldn't and wouldn't happen. You have listened to Artitude, West Cork's first art, fashion and design podcast. Artitude, never so close again. Ah! That was too close.